The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air across Kentucky with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is your chance to get the latest news and views on your caps. The show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. And you can interact with Tom by tweeting at Leach Report or by emailing leachreport at gmail.com. And you can call the drinksword.com hotline, 877-904-1080. Now, here's Tom Leach. Hey, everybody, welcome in. Football Friday edition of the Leach Report. Cats will play their final home game of the season tomorrow against New Mexico State. So it'll be a day to honor the seniors. And not all of them will go through the ceremony. Some guys have already gone through it that, that took advantage of their extra year. And then uh, there are some guys that haven't that are not electing to go through it. And so maybe that means they'll think about coming back for another year. So, But there will be 20-plus uh, seniors will be honored, and they have uh, produced a lot of great moments for Kentucky football over the time that they've been here. And uh, we'll talk about uh, Kentucky football and basketball today with Ken Spencer from WHAS-TV, with Charles Walker, the former Wildcat wideout, and with Mark Wise, who will be on the call tonight with Mike Morgan for on the uh, SEC Network for Kentucky and Ohio. And that's where we'll start with our Wildcat news of the day. John Calipari talked to the media yesterday about the matchup with the Bobcats, who are 3-0 and they won the MAC tournament last year and then upset Virginia in the NCAA tournament before falling to Creighton. It's a team that shoots a lot of threes. The Cows said they can shoot it at all spots. They get 44% of their points from the three-point line. Uh, Calipari said it's going to be a really hard game. And some of you roll your eyes at that because of the, what the schedule looks like in November's, but... Uh, if you want to make that point, and it's a fair one, that uh, you know those are uh, cupcake games in uh, November, you need to be fair when the level of competition does step up, and it does here. This is a, a much better team than Mount St. Mary's or Robert Morris or the ones that are going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks. So uh, this, this should be a much better test to kind of tell us, you know, where Kentucky is relative to what we saw in the Duke game. And then the, the next best marker will probably come when they go up to Notre Dame in the second week of December. Calipari said uh, Lance Ware, Jacob Toppin are both getting closer. Uh, he said if they were able to go through practice yesterday, then they may be able to play tonight. And we don't know if they did or not, uh, but we'll talk about it with Cal when I do the pregame a little later today. So uh, listen on the UK Sports Network pregame show and you will likely find out. Uh, he talked about, uh, in response to a question about Xavier Wheeler and what he's doing for Kentucky and what he, uh, what Cal told Wheeler when Wheeler was looking at coming here from Georgia. Calipari said, first of all, you've got to be willing to be disruptive defensively. Uh, wanted him to shoot more floaters, says he's still not shooting enough of those as opposed to getting to the rim and getting shots blocked because one of the things that this Kentucky team will do as well as anybody in the country is offensive rebound, uh, mainly because of Oscar Shibway. And so the worst thing that could happen is to get shots blocked. They don't even get up on the rim and give Oscar a chance to go get them. And the other things, we, uh, Cal said Wheeler's got to be able to shoot a little better percentage on threes, which he's done so far, uh, because if not, teams will be able to go 
under on uh, on screens and be able to make Kentucky a little make Wheeler a little easier to guard that way. So so far uh, so good. Other than Cal said he'd like to see him shoot a few more of those uh, floaters and said Wheeler and Davian Mintz both have a tendency to get too many of their shots blocked. Mark Stoops talked to the media yesterday as the week of practice wrapped up. They'll have their walkthrough today, but he said it's been a very good week of practice coming off the win against Vanderbilt as uh, Kentucky will take on New Mexico State for senior day tomorrow. A couple of injury notes. Uh, Stoops said Jordan Wright's getting close. said he didn't think it'll be this week. He didn't rule it out, but uh, didn't think that Wright would be able to play this week, but it sounds like maybe he'd be back for the next week against Louisville. And Kel Crowdus, uh, in response to a question, Stoops said that uh, there's no thought of bringing him back this year and that he'll be uh, just focusing on rehab and be back next year. He's a guy that kind of gets overlooked a little bit because he's already in the program when people are talking about the receivers next year and all the new guys that are coming in. But Crowdus is a guy that I think would have been an impact player for them this season had he not had the uh, knee injury in training camp. So game time tomorrow is at... Uh, noon and uh, they are hoping for uh, a nice crowd to turn out to honor the seniors tomorrow last night ohio state lost at xavier 71 65 the buckeyes ranked 19th in the country uh watched the uh, the end of that game and uh, xavier had a nice lead and ohio state made a run at him got it to as close as too late but never could overtake uh, xavier so the uh, 19th-ranked Buckeyes, who will take on Kentucky out in Vegas next month, uh, take one on the chin there, so they may drop out of the rankings for the moment. And uh, Marquette beat Ole Miss last night, 78-72. All the other SEC teams that played were uh, winners as expected. Uh, men's soccer will host a second-round match in the NCAA tournament on Sunday night at 7 at the Bell Soccer Complex. It'll be either Akron or Santa Clara. And it could, if uh, some other teams lose, mean that Kentucky could uh, get to host another match if they advance. But uh, for the moment, this could be the last one of the season at the Bell. Links to the stories that we talk about each day can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. We're coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio here in Lexington with the Leach Report. Ken Spencer will join us when we come right back. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at TomLeachKY. past the top of the hour, it is the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington in Hamburg and in Palomar, where we go for the Monday morning quarterback shows with Freddie Maggard each week, and it's a good place to get your day started when you're heading out to Christmas shop here soon. Uh, could uh, need to get fueled up for those battles, and you can do that at Wild Eggs with a fantastic breakfast, brunch, or lunch. We are uh, working to... Land Kent Spencer from WHAS-TV, or to switch up the batting order here for a moment. So Shannon will work his magic here in just a second. Uh, Last night, uh, Louisville crushed Duke. It was an as-expected, but the young 62 on him a week after beating Syracuse 41-3. So uh, UofL is going to be coming into that game 
uh, next Saturday down at uh, Cardinal Stadium on a very high note. Uh, we'll just start there as Ken Spencer joins us from WHAS-TV. Football, I mean, you played uh, college football. Momentum, confidence, all those things uh, make a big difference. I was watching Kentucky practice this week, and there was just a lot of, of spirit and uh, energy. And you know, you'd think, well, they're playing New Mexico State. Maybe they just kind of go through the motions. But it just kind of, to me, served to underscore just how good it feels to win once you've uh, lost in Kentucky's case, three in a row. And for Louisville, they'd had a several tough beats, and now they've had two blowout wins, and they will come in feeling 10 feet tall, I'm sure. No, I think confidence is, is huge, Tom. And, and you know, I, I also do think that Louisville was playing their best football of the season. Um, you know, talking about their, their win last night at Duke. Um, and it wasn't just that. And, 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 you know, when you're watching them play – they're just playing different, I think, than they, they did. And I'm sure the opponents have something to do with that. You know, it was Duke this week. It was Syracuse that week. But, you know, they were well on their way uh, to beating Clemson, um, you know, about three weeks ago until Malik Cunningham went down with an ankle injury. And when he came back in, he just, for, for the last series, he just wasn't the, the same player. Um, you know, they were they were playing well in that game, and it looked like they were getting ready to go up a couple scores. Um, when he went down and then everything just kind of completely changed. So this has kind of been a slow evolution of their football team, um, heading into the, the battle for the governor's cup next week. But I do think Louisville's playing their, their best football of the season. Um, and, and you're right. You know, confidence goes such a long way. Look, when you're an athlete and you, and you get some things that go your way and you get some confidence, you feel like you can run through a brick wall. You know, when, when some things don't go your way, it's tough to walk and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's just that momentum is a powerful uh, force. And since this game was moved to this spot on the schedule at the end, and uh, obviously, you know, uh, Kentucky has a game tomorrow, but uh, shouldn't be much of a threat. So players and coaches, you stay focused on the game. We're looking ahead to uh, a more interesting conversation <laughs> frankly, for next week. And since this game moved to that spot on the schedule at the end where all the other rivalry games for the most part are played, this is the probably, I guess, the first time when uh, the, the stakes are going to be this high for uh, for both teams. Maybe the game in 16, but even then Louisville was, was a huge favorite. Uh, few gave Kentucky much of a chance, even though they ended up winning it. But this time uh, it'll be uh, you know somewhere close to a toss-up game and uh, both teams with a lot to play for. And and I think honestly, uh, with the fact that this game wasn't played last year, I mean it just it just feels like it's bigger. You know, I mean it's yeah. just it's it's almost like this game, um, and, and and a couple years ago at the end of the game there was some bad you know a little bit of bad blood, um, and so like I I feel like you know this is like a two year build up for this game. You know, and it just feels like there's a lot of pent up aggression. Uh, waiting for this to happen. In fact, uh, you know, after the game, you know, last night, Scott Satterfield said, you know, I don't, you know, a couple years ago, I probably didn't have a, a good understanding of the rivalry. I, I do now. Um, you know, Malik Cunningham said that, you know, he'd like to play the game in the, you know, he'd, he'd be ready to play the game right now, um, if it was available. So, I mean, I think that, you know, um, I would imagine both sides are going to be ready and, and kind of chomping at the bit to get at this thing. And, um, you're right. And I'll tell you this right now, just looking ahead, it's an intriguing matchup. It really is. I mean, there's oh, some, yeah. 
Um, there's some things that I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how, how they're going to play out, you know, because, um, you know, Cunningham is a, is, he's a dual threat quarterback. He's a really good dual threat quarterback. Um, how are the Cats going to handle that? Kentucky secondary has struggled. Um, you know, how is that going to, you know, kind of play out? Can Louisville's front line kind of deal with Kentucky's offensive line? Um, you know, that, all of that stuff. I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be incredibly interesting to see how it, how it plays out. I always thought Kentucky's offense was probably going to be really hitting its stride in November with first year offensive coordinator and a quarterback that turned and didn't go through spring ball. And, uh, I wondered if I, um, uh, might be way off base after the Mississippi State game when Kentucky played so poorly, but just a rash of turnovers down there. They came back and, uh, had the offense at least a tremendous game against Tennessee, and then last week they uh, came out and, and just blitzed Vanderbilt, and then kind of shifted into cruise control. So it looks like maybe the Kentucky offense is uh, hitting its best stride. What's your take on the development on that side of the ball for Kentucky, and in particular the quarterback Will Levis? Well, I think you know, other than other than the Mississippi State game, you know. Um, Levis has continued to get better. Like, like the Mississippi State game for Levis, I think, was like a bump in the road. You know what I mean? Like it was just mm-hmm. like one of those, like, what was, what was that? And you could just tell something was, something was off that game. I mean, you know, cause you could just tell that, that he and Liam Cohen were not seeing the same things. Um, but other than that, I, I do think he continues to get better. Um, you know, when he is, and he didn't have to do it last week, but you know, against Tennessee, he did it. You know, when, when he gives them a chance where he's going to be a runner is, I think is when he's playing at his best. Um, last week against Vanderbilt, particularly in the first half, he was really good in the pocket, but you know, most of the things, you know, he's had some other guys emerge and, and, and help him out a little bit. You know, it's not just the Wandale and Josh Ali show. I mean, um, you know, Ali got hurt for a couple of weeks, so, you know, he didn't even have him available. But, you know, you've seen, you know, the tight ends being used more. You've seen the emergence of Isaiah Cummings, um, you know, a kid that, you know, played at Mayo High School. I mean, you know, when when other weapons emerge and a quarterback has confidence in those guys, then I think it allows you to do some different things offensively and, and be a little bit more creative um, and spread the wealth a little bit. Um, make no mistake about it. They want to get the ball in the hands of Wandale Robinson, and rightfully so, and, and – you know, those running backs. Um, but, you know, last week against Vanderbilt, you saw a little bit more from Juton McLean. Like, you know, guys guys are available. And, and when you're available, I think that, you know, it, it just allows you to kind of have a little bit more control of the playbook. Talk with Ken Spencer from WHAS-TV. We'll take a break and come back and uh, shift gears to a little basketball. Charles Walker and uh, Mark Wise from the SEC Network coming up in the second half of our Friday edition of the Leach Report. Served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. Chat with Ken Spencer from WHAS TV. Kentucky basketball taking on Ohio U at Rupp at 7 Eastern tonight. This will be a, a better test than the last couple of games and so it's a little bit of a, of a marker along the development 
curve from the Duke game and then this one and then when you get into December and the the uh, more difficult opponents. So uh, through these first three games, any any opinions that you've had about Kentucky that uh, you've started to to question either you know positively or negatively? Um, I'll start positively first. Um, Oscar Sheboy is better than I thought he. Oscar Oscar Sheboy is better than I thought he was going to be. Um, and and we've seen it up. You know, like you know, you can get twenty and you can get sixteen rebounds against you know the Mount St. Marys of the world, right? But when you grab twenty against Duke and that front line and Madison Square Garden, like that's just kind of like you know, and you you continue to do it over time. That's just who you are. Um, so I think he was better than I thought he was going to be. The jumper, you know, last game, um, was, was clearly a pleasant surprise. Um, and I love the fact that, and, and, you know, we've seen John Calipari do this over his, his time. If he thinks you can do something and you're not willing to do it, then he's going to force you to do it in the game. You know, like at the beginning, he was calling plays for Sheway to take mid-range jumpers. Um, and that's exactly what he did. I just thought that was a, I, I just thought that was a, a good move. Um, you know, negatively, you know, I think when you, you know, look, when you just clearly watch, um, them going up against Duke the other night, like they're going to have to, they're going to have to play really, really well in spots, but they're, I, they don't feel like they're as, they're as long and they're as big as that they've, you know, kind of been in the past. I, you know, when you when you watch them go up against a team, and I know like Duke is just a big team, uh, but when you watch them go up against somebody like that, it's like, okay, what is it going to look like when a team like that shows up on on the other side of the floor the next time they play them? You know, how do they respond? How do they play? Um, you know, but it's it's early. They got a ton of transfers, and you know, whatever they're going to be, they're not even probably close to that right now. I think they're going to be. Uh, we're about to wrap up here. I'll just say I think they're going to be more of a team that's going to probably win more with offense than Cal's teams typically do. You agree? Oh yeah, yeah. Especially, I mean, especially the way they shoot it. I mean, yeah. you know, and and how many guys that they have spots out there who can shoot it, um, and, and a guy like Severe Wheeler who's kind of controlling the pace. I mean, if he, I tell you, this is a big key when times get tough. If he continues to play the way that he's playing and not kind of revert to I got to do it all myself, like when he was at Georgia, they're going to be just fine and they're going to win a ton of basketball games and they're going to have a chance at the end of the season. Ken Spencer, thank you much. You're tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and The Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the Cats. Coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's Pump and Shop locations across the bluegrass. We are joined now by Charles Walker, the former Wildcat wideout back in 2016. Kentucky was hosting New Mexico State. At that point, I think it was seven years that Kentucky had not had a return touchdown of any kind punt or kickoff and freddie maggard was doing the game with me that day i think jeff pecoro had a reds assignment and freddie predicted that kentucky was going to return a punt for a touchdown from studying tape of the aggies and darn if he wasn't right it was a guy named charles walker that took that thing back i guess i'm guessing you remember that charles uh, absolutely no that's uh, definitely one of my uh, fond memories of, of being the punt returner for the cats 
Uh, Kentucky's had a, a few more of those since then, a couple by Lynn Bowden, most recently by Josh Ali. Um, hopefully it won't come down to a, a special team's uh, play to decide it tomorrow. Kentucky's uh, obviously a huge favorite in this game. But you're looking back, first of all, before we get into the, the current Cats, thinking back to that game in 2016, you guys uh, had lost the opener to Southern Miss after having a big lead. You go down and uh, lose big to Florida, and then uh, Drew got uh, Drew Barker was a starting QB, and Kentucky was throwing it around a lot, especially in that first game, like four touchdown passes the first half. And then you come back against New Mexico State. Drew gets hurt on the first series, throwing an interception, and New Mexico State goes down and scores, and they're scoring easily and uh, looking like they could make a bid for an upset. And the backup quarterback comes to the rescue, and a running back that we hadn't heard a lot about started to emerge. And so Stephen Johnson and Benny Snell, and so that's a pretty good memory from a New Mexico State game too. Uh, you know, absolutely. And, again, it's, it's funny the way football works. It's a game of strides. Um, obviously, we, we started with early adversity in that season um, and ended up you know, having a great year. And this year, you know, we kind of started off really good and, and hit some adversity midway through and hoping we can uh, finish it strong. Steven Johnson uh, seemed to be a really strong leader for you guys from the quarterback position. They've talked a lot about Will Levis uh, winning the job here and the presence that he had and how he you know, connected and guys you know, were, were eager to, to follow him as their leader. Um, obviously, that's a, a pretty big thing in that position. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And I, I think uh, Levis has shown that, and, and the team shows that, that, that they believe in him. And, um, you know, I, I've heard a couple of these losses that we've incurred, you know, Levis has kind of stepped up in the locker room and, and kind of put it all on his shoulders. Um, I, I definitely think he is a is a we guy versus a me guy, uh, which is exactly what you want out of your quarterback. What's the biggest improvement you've seen in him from beginning to now? Again, I think it goes back to that confidence we spoke about earlier in the year, Tom. Um, I think he carries the weight of the team on his shoulders, um, and, and he's confident in, in, in his passes and his reads, and I think he's confident in Lee and Cole. So, again, we kind of called it early on. It, it's going to take a little bit for them to mesh together, um, and, and I think both now completely trust each other, and uh, you know, Will realizes that, that Liam's going to put him in a spot to, to make a play, and you know, he's our playmaker. Um, you know, of course, we have a stable of backs in the O line and a great defense, but it kind of all starts with uh, with with Will, and we've seen that. Talking with Charles Walker, the former Kentucky wide receiver, um, when Kentucky suffered three consecutive losses, first ones against Georgia, so uh, you know you get you get forgiven for that. And even though they were uh, slight favorites in the next two, those were not bad teams that they lost to, but nevertheless. When you've lost three in a row, um, you know it, it can affect you as a, as an athlete. Uh, and uh, I was saying earlier to uh, Ken Spencer that in watching uh, practice this week, I was uh, taken by just how uh, energetic it was. And you're thinking, well, they you know they beat a Vanderbilt team everybody thought they would beat, and they're playing in a New Mexico State game everybody is confident they're going to beat easily and that that might be a time when there might not be that much energy. But it just goes to show you what a win does when you've uh, had some losses. You know, absolutely. And, and one thing that was pointed out to me, you know, the defense in the past couple of games has really not played too many snaps. It's been, uh, you know, offense heavy, and, and we've had a couple of long drives, well, uh, a speed of long drives. 
So I'm looking forward to seeing them flying around. Um, but yeah, you know, again, you said it best. You play a really good Georgia team, you know, best team in the nation, take a loss, and then you take two losses against Tennessee and Mississippi State that do have high-powered offenses, and, and you know, they just played better than us that day. So going down to Vanderbilt and, and kind of handling business and doing what, you know, proving to yourself, hey, we're we are a good football team. I think that that does a lot for you know the chemistry of a team and the overall. Um, experience playing for the Gats, but uh, I'm looking forward to, to two more wins here and then hey, hopefully a, uh, a warm bowl game and, and topping that off of the W. Kentucky got Marquand McCall back last week. I think he played 19 snaps. I uh, would assume he'd be able to uh, maybe play a little bit more tomorrow and get closer to, I don't think, I'm sure he's not going to be a hundred percent by by Louisville, but uh, get a good bit closer. And then it sounded like Stoops yesterday uh, was optimistic of getting Jordan right back. If not this week, then then maybe next. And you know, when Kentucky was healthier, uh, its defense was really playing well in late September, early October. Uh, and it's when they lost uh, first McCall, then Oxendine, then Wright that things uh, started to go downhill for uh, Kentucky on the defensive side. So uh, getting getting those guys back will be a big boost going into next week. You know, absolutely, and that goes back to the fresh legs. Fresh legs and then, you know, knowledge of the game and, and having players that have been in that spot on a big, you know, third and five that, that know what they're doing versus maybe someone that, that is a little inexperienced. Um, and, again, Jordan Wright and Mark McCall, they've been our leaders. You know, we, we've talked about that, Josh Paschal. Uh, you know, he's having a heck of a season, but when he's double teamed every time, you can't expect him, you know, to, to do what he has done in the past when, again, you, you have your uh, third string nose tackle in there. Charles Walker, number 88 for the Wildcats, joins us on Fridays. Uh, one more of these to go next week for the big UK U of L game. And, uh, Charles, thank you much. And, uh, you and your dad have, uh, CBI insurance. So what, where do they need to, what number do they need to call to call the guy from CBI? 502-423-7600. Thank you, Charles. Thanks. About 18 away from the top of the hour, it's the Leach Report. Our, uh, Wildcat news of the day, beginning of the show today, presented by Giuseppe's of Lexington. And you can go to Giuseppe'sLexington.com not only to make reservations or just to check out their menu, but you can order gift cards for the holidays for that hard-to-buy-for person on your list. And they will even mail them out for you at Giuseppe's. Check it out at Giuseppe'sLexington.com. We'll be right back with Mark Wise. For the Leach Report on Facebook, show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. It's the Leach Report for a Friday. We are served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington, and we are working to land Mark Wise. He is slated to work the game tonight for the SEC Network with uh, Mike Morgan, as Kentucky will take on the Ohio Bobcats, a team that as we told you at the top, made it to the NCAA tournament last year and upset Virginia in the first game. I think uh, Ohio was a 13 seed, Virginia a 4, and then uh, Creighton then knocked uh, the Bobcats out of the tournament in the next round. The best player off that team uh, is gone, but um, there are several guys back who were part of that run for Ohio, and including a couple of starters. And it's a, a team that 
definitely going to stretch out the Kentucky defense with their ability to shoot the three. Counseled yesterday that uh, the Bobcats can shoot it from every position on the court. He said uh, also they'll uh, do some things a little differently with how they play pick and roll and uh, some other things that will test Kentucky. So uh, it's going to be a more interesting game, I think, uh, to watch uh, than uh, maybe the last two for you. The last two, if you're a Kentucky fan, just kind of fun to see your team develop and uh, guys to make some highlight plays maybe. This game um, should be a much stiffer test for Kentucky, and they'll need to play better, and that's a good thing. Cal said that actually yesterday, that there is a a reason to play some of the uh, developmental games, if you call them that, to let guys get uh, more minutes and and kind of uh, get their uh, confidence built. But it's also good to uh, be tested from time to time, and this is a a good mid-major test for Kentucky tonight when they take on the undefeated Bobcats of Ohio University. Uh, their coach actually uh, played against Kentucky in Rupp Arena back in the mid, early to mid-90s. And uh, I was watching on uh, BBN Tonight last night here in Lexington, and he had, I think, five points and six turnovers in the game. Talked about uh, Roderick Rhodes stealing the ball from him uh, th- on three consecutive possessions. May have been a little bit of an exaggeration, but... Uh, Still, uh, the coach knows what it's like to play in Rupp Arena, so he'll be able to impart that to his players. Going to get to uh, a break a little bit earlier than usual and uh, see if we can uh, reconnect with Mark Wise. It is the Leach Report Radio Network. We're served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. are back and uh, we are going to a the deep bench that we have but right there at the top our guy who's just a reliable pinch hitter knows how to work the count get on base Dick Gabriel joins the program Gabe thanks for jumping in with us on Take this Friday. Take two and go to right. That's what I say. <laughs> uh, we'll talk a little Kentucky basketball. I was just looking up at the Ohio series. Uh, Ohio's beaten Kentucky one time. It was actually in the uh, semifinals of the NCAA Mideast Regional in 1964. Um, they uh, played when Kentucky was on the way to the Final Four in 84 in the NCAA tournament. So those are the only two tournament meetings. But uh, I heard their coach um, talking about uh, playing uh, against uh, Kentucky uh, when uh, he was a player at at Ohio U. And um, let me find this here. This was a game in uh, 94. Um Jeff Bowles, who's the coach now, he had uh, five points and six turnovers in the game. Now, Ohio was ranked 14th. I don't know if you remember this at all. It came into Rupp Arena. Kentucky was ranked third. Played Kentucky a very close game, 79-74. Rick Pitino, after the game, was just so uh, yep. pra- so much praising Ohio. And he's yep. like, we're going to go up there and play, play a game at their place as a reward for how hard they competed. And then yeah. that, Tubby Smith inherited that in the road trip in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, they had a they had a player. I think that's when they had Gary Trent, who ended up in the NBA. And uh, yep, and, he had twenty one yeah, and ten in that game. At, exactly, and so Patino went into their locker room and, and, and oh, yeah. gave, you know showed them some love. And so Tom, when when they played Ohio up in, in Ohio, um, we televised the game WKYT, and I was part of that crew. And it was a Tuesday night, and you'll relate to this. They had to do the coaches' show Monday night. Oh yeah, the team I know where went you're going. Up, 
the, the team bust up on Monday, got to the hotel. Tubby stayed in town, and then he was talking about getting up there, and Ralph Hacker said, we'll just go with us. And because we had rented an RV, sound familiar? Oh yeah, and, like football uh, trips. So the T, yeah. So the TV guys and the radio guys, we all went up on an RV, and so Tubby went up with us, and he had just gotten to Kentucky, so we were getting to know him. And as we were going up, Tubby was sitting there going, "Why are we doing this? Why are we even playing this game up here?" And that's when he got the history <laughs> lesson that you just recounted about why. We were all going up to, what is it, Athens, Ohio. Yes. A nice gymnasium, as Ralph used to call it. But, you know, with Gary Trent gone, I mean, it was an absolute blowout. And Tubby wanted to drive the RV, if I remember the story correctly. That was on one of our trips. I don't know if it was that one, but I'll tell you this about Tubby. We, you know, he, he didn't know really many of us, except for he knew Ralph a little bit. But he didn't. And we were all sitting around telling jokes and all this stuff. And Tubby was just kind of sitting there doing a <laughs> chuckle of his. But halfway through the trip, all the attention turned to him, and he began to tell us what he his impressions of his players and what he thought his team could accomplish because he was still learning those guys. And, uh, and one of his biggest enigmas was Alan Edwards, but he didn't know Alan was dealing with his mother who was terribly ill. So I, I'll, I'll never forget that trip. Yeah, it was a, a, just an interesting sidebar story on a, you know, series that's uh, being renewed here tonight. And, you know, it took Tubby uh, a long, you know, people will uh, foolishly say, you know, it was, it was one with Rick's players. It's like, well, yes, they were the players that Rick recruited, but they were Tubby's players by the end of that season. Yeah. But it took a while for the two sides to kind of come together. And, you know, the players of the team famously talk about a, you know, meeting they had late in the year where they finally just said, look, we got to quit thinking about how we used to do things and buy into what our new coach wants us to do. Which totally underscores your point. Yeah, Patino recruited them, but Tubby coached them. I always ask people, whose offense did they run? Whose defense? Who's out of bounds plays? Who set up practice? You know, And, and yeah, we, you know, we covered this in a documentary on that team, that the famous loss on Valentine's Day where Cameron Mills went for 31 and they get beat, and they never lost again after that. And you're absolutely right. They had the meeting and they said, look, you know, we can't do it our way. We got to do it his way, or we will accomplish nothing that we want to do this year. Because you know, back-to-back championship games, they believed they belonged in the Final Four. They belonged in the championship game, even though the Derek Andersons and Ron Mercers were gone. You know, Jeff Jeff Shepard said that's what we did, and they knew they couldn't get there without it. Let's talk about the uh, the current Kentucky team that will play Ohio tonight. Um, it's as I was saying earlier, I'm looking forward to this game because it's more of a, of a test. I feel like I'll learn a little bit about, you know, Kentucky's growth from Duke to now, and then the next one really will be, I mean, these next few games after this, you know, it'll be a good opportunity for guys to, you know, develop a little bit, but I'm not going to learn a lot about the team until they get tested again in December. So I'll, I feel like I'll maybe learn a little bit about them tonight. No, I fully agree, and I think you nailed it right there. And I think what we're going to learn, first of all, is Oscar going to get his 20? Uh, secondly, though, we'll learn more about the rotation uh, for Calipari because the competition stiffer, who can do what? Um, I'm a little puzzled, Tom, and maybe I shouldn't be, uh, by Damian Collins. You know, he hasn't really settled in yet, and I know he can do incredible things with the basketball. I think we'll learn a lot more about him tonight, uh, you know, but just, you know, who belongs where? And maybe more importantly, when? At what point in the game do we see these guys? So 
Uh, yeah, and I, and, and you know, I don't think Calipari was blowing smoke when he said we're going to need a good crowd tonight. Yeah, it, uh, it could be a little bit of a, of a test. Um, yeah, depending on how Kentucky plays, I can see when he uh, when Collins is in the game though, why Calipari is um, fascinated with. Uh, trying to accelerate that guy's development because they don't really you know, have that guy that can uh, own the paint defensively, which he potentially could if he can, um, you know, develop it to where they can, you know, count on him heavily. And um, you know, a guy that can, you know, run the floor and catch lobs. He's, uh, he believe me, he's not Anthony Davis, but could be a little like what Anthony Davis uh, did. Early and that, that that was what he was doing was just blocking shots and catching lobs. Now he became a lot more, yeah. but they would just like to see you know Damian do that for now. Oh, there's no question. And you know, one thing I go by Tom, not just the eyeball test, but on media day talking to his teammates about Damian Collins. I mean, they spoke in reverential terms about this kid's athletic ability because they saw it in pickup games. You know, when you just kind of let everything hang out. And, and, of course, in practices, too. So, uh, you know, the structure, sometimes it's hard for people to become acclimated. But, yeah, look, this is a guy who just simply needs to grow. He needs to grow up, and I mean that in a bad way, uh, but he just needs to grow physically. He might weigh 200 pounds. But yeah. you can and see, actually, especially with that. He, they listed at 200. Rob Harris said they put 20 on him, believe it or not. Oh, is that right? <laughs> well, sounds like when Steven Johnson reported to play in the SEC at 165. Oh. Uh, but anyhow, you, we've, we've seen the raw ability. I, it's going to be fun to watch this kid mature as a basketball player because yeah. I think he'll put in the work. Gabe, thanks much. You bet. The Gabe will be on the sidelines with Jeff Picora and I tomorrow for Kentucky football, and you can hear him on the Big Blue Insider Show weeknights on uh, our flagship station in Lexington, WLAP. Quick uh, reminder here about Shuffle Bean Coffee. Pick some up for the holidays. You're going to have uh, family and, and friends over for the Thanksgiving weekend, and you're going to be serving up a lot of coffee. Give them the best. Treat them to Shuffle Bean Coffee. It's uh, available in the green and white bag at Kroger stores around the state. You can order through Amazon Prime or uh, through the website, shufflebean.us. It is a Kentucky-based company, too, so that's a good thing. And 